Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. We have more news about the man who was killed in an FBI raid. As the story goes, he was making threats to Joe Biden, as well as many other government officials. The FBI sought to serve a search and arrest warrant. Something happened. We don't know exactly what. And this man ended up being killed in a shootout. Well, they say he was shot and killed. I don't think there's been any claims that he was shooting. But uh, this man is dead. It's a horrifying story. And the question is, is this escalation or do things like this happen from time to time? I don't know for sure. But last night we were talking about the prospects of (gasps) civil war. And the conversation was about whether or not people care enough. Reed Coverdale on the show said that he didn't think people cared all that much and that nobody would be interested in taking up a weapon. You know, my response to that was, well, actually, Phil Labonte said most conflicts throughout history, most wars were not fought by the majority. The majority never wanted the conflict. It's always a small minority that is seeking change or seeking to prevent change, something, something to that effect. That may be the case. And then when it comes to the issue of taking up weapons, That may be, as I described it, akin to someone saying, if a war breaks out, is anyone really going to want to pick up a bow and arrow and a sword? It's an archaic method for winning a conflict. Today's conflict, I don't believe necessarily will be fought with physical weapons. I think it is a battle for your mind. It is a culture war. It is an information war. The way I've described it in the past, if you went to Genghis Khan, Napoleon, Hitler, you know, name one of these uh, warlords and tyrants and told them that they could win a war without lifting a single finger. They could win a war without firing a single shot. They need only control the minds of the people. Would they do it? Of course they would. Why expend resources that you can save for other issues when you can just control the minds of people and make them worship you, support you, defend you, or cower in fear and do nothing to stop you? And that's where I think we are right now in the culture war. I think what we are going to see in terms of modern civil conflict is exactly what we're witnessing now with lying, cheating, stealing and manipulation. However, there is a physical component to this. The FBI, we have new information coming out about how they were targeting Catholics. The Biden administration is weaponizing the DOJ against its political opponents. And so it may be that outside of the realms of the culture war, which contain most of the fighting into the realm of ideas, we are actually entering some kind of physical space which is worrying. And that is, you've got this guy on social media making these posts. It's about all he's doing. If we didn't have social media, he wouldn't be saying anything. 
He'd maybe be saying stuff to his neighbors, but nobody would show up and nobody would care. In this instance, my assumption is this. This man made a bunch of very, very awful posts. He should never have made these and uh, their crimes. The FBI came to his house to arrest him for saying these things over and over again. Very messed up things. I'm willing to bet that he refused to surrender. And this is the result of an armed man telling the FBI to F off and you won't be able to arrest him. I'm willing to bet this man resisted arrest based on what we see now. Yesterday morning, apparently someone who lives in the area tweeted out a thread about their views of this. And I think that that thread is rather interesting to see what the neighbors thought of this man. The general idea was that this guy who was shot and killed, he was 75 years old, 300 pounds, could barely walk and was no threat to anybody. So why did they need an FBI raid to bring him in? Well, I don't think there's an easy answer, but it could be as simple as armed man threatening president refuses to surrender. And then what do you think is going to happen? The question I have, did they go after anybody like this over Trump? A few people sort of, but never to this degree. I don't think we saw any stories where the DOJ went and killed people. But I'm not going to sit here and defend a guy who is issuing extreme threats, right? Don't do that. That is bad. What this man did has actually harmed our ability to win back in the best possible way. Uh, to win back in the best possible way, put that in quotes, not uh, that he harmed it in the best possible way. What I'm saying is the best outcome for all of us is that Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, Donald Trump, I don't know, one of the three gets elected and follows through on what they said they want to do. Then we get a cleaning up of the DOJ. We get firing of government employees and we can start to course correct this country. I don't think it is too far gone where it's going to fall into absolute chaos and collapse and conflict. The best case scenario for all of us is, to be honest, I think Trump winning, Trump firing everybody, not literally everybody, but Trump firing tons of these corrupt individuals, cleaning up the DOJ, and then we're back on track as a country. Our worst case scenario is Joe Biden weaponizing the DOJ and arresting people, which will lead to physical conflict. It's the stupidest thing imaginable. But I have to say, I mean, if Donald Trump were to get in office and start arresting people, which I think probably should, it may also end up with with serious conflict. So I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers. But let's read this news story. I want to give you updates on, on where we're at, because this seems to be it seems to be a dramatic escalation. Perhaps the reality of the story is that sometimes people post stupid things on the Internet. We've seen crazy stories before. This is not the first. So to call it escalation, I don't know that it's fair. I think it will lead to escalation considering the contextual circumstances in today's news. But I got this story. I'll show you real quick from 2016. A man tried to grab a gun in 2016. This is before Trump was elected. He tried to grab a gun threatening Donald Trump. He was arrested for it. People wanting to cause serious harm. This has been going on for seven years, seven years, seven years ago. This guy did this seven. Isn't that crazy? So where we're at now, I'm not surprised. And I'm not going to act like some random dude in Provo, Utah, posting things on the Internet is worse than a guy trying to grab a gun at a Trump rally. So I don't want to say that this is necessarily escalation. It's actually, you know, lesser. But what I think is. Where we are in the modern culture war with everyone on on edge, with Joe Biden arresting his political opponent, this will contribute to a a rapid, uh, it it will contribute to an escalation in that it may not be the worst thing that's ever happened relative to conflict in this country, but it's a snowflake in the avalanche. 
You know, back in 2016, consider that to be a snowball rolling down a hill. The man trying to grab the weapon. Dangerous. It gets it's you know, the snowball gets very, very large, slams into the wall and you go, whoa, that was that was close. What we're seeing now may not be as serious as that snowball rolling down the hill, but it is a component of the avalanche we are currently watching, which could lead to very, very serious consequences for this country. The New York Times reports. An FBI agent on Wednesday fatally shot a man in Provo, Utah, who officials said was armed and had threatened to assassinate President Biden just hours before the president was scheduled to speak in Salt Lake City. Craig Robertson, 75, was also charged with threatening to shoot other officials, including Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA who went to, uh, who has charged Trump, uh, uh, as well as others. The shooting comes at a moment of intense polarization in American politics. The three indictments of former President Donald J. Trump have offered fodder for supporters and allies who have seized on his mounting legal peril to fan a narrative of a Justice Department weaponized against him and bent on derailing the Republican frontrunner's campaign to retake the White House. And that's exactly what it is. Let's be real. We've got whistleblowers saying that Hunter Biden was given protection, that the Bidens are protected. So when you have a DOJ ignoring Hunter Biden's obvious criminal activities, speeding down the road, doing crack in his car, things like that, not necessarily at the same time, but you know, when you've got evidence of illicit business deals and the Democrats do not care, but they will weaponize the DOJ against Donald Trump. I'll make it plain as day for you, New York Times. There is now talk of the grand jury that indicted Trump reconvening. They've already reconvened and they're going to go after Trump's lawyers. OK, you will never convince me that is normal and that is just Trump's lawyers. He was getting advice from counsel. And what did the DOJ do? They said these are co-conspirators. If they indict these individuals, the game is on. You know, this is what I've been saying. A lot of people have asked about whether or not uh, or, or they've asked the question, when is it time to flee? There have been a lot of people who have said, no, 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 don't ever flee. You've got to stay and protect this country. There's a question about when people decided to flee other countries when things were getting bad. And this is my, my position. If the DOJ indicts the lawyers of Donald Trump, that's it. I, I, I genuinely believe that if the DOJ, in, uh, if the grand jury indicts Trump's lawyers, this country is outright right there. I say civil war. We, you, many people have argued when will it start? I mean, look, when the, when the government sends armed men to arrest lawyers for advising someone Legal advice is constitutionally protected. Gloves are off. That's it. They are now making moves of aggression against their political opponents. And, and, and you could argue like the fact that they're going after Donald Trump already insinuates this is happening. Fair point. Fair point. Grains of sand in a heap. Snowflakes in, a, in, an, in an avalanche. After they indict the lawyers, the next step is to indict advocates. And I believe one of the so-called uh, so uh, co-conspirators is a political consultant literally just an advocate, someone who was giving political advice. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, 
They offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. If they invite, that person may, is on the list. They could be indicted. The next step after that is going to be influencers, I suppose. How long until the DOJ starts saying that anyone who agreed with Trump and encouraged lawsuits and these actions was inciting people to engage in criminal activity? That's the next step. And, and some people might say, no, no, you know, we can't get to that point. Are you kidding? Lawyers giving legal counsel, that's way more protected than than uh, someone speaking on the radio. You go on the radio and you literally incite to violence. You can go to jail, you can get arrested. You, you go on social media and you incite to violence and make threats. They will come and arrest you. As a lawyer, obviously you can't tell your clients to commit crimes. But when you're telling your client that he can file a legal challenge, and that is the basis for arresting your lawyers, the game's on. The system is broken, it's collapsed, and this is active conflict. Having agents of the government go and arrest dissidents. You're in revolution, baby. It's only civil war if people start fighting. Michael Tracy says, there has been no claim made that this individual fired on FBI agents, or even that he was armed at the time of the fatal altercation today. Apparently, a giant squad of militarized personnel was incapable of apprehending a 75-year-old man without gunning him down on his doorstep. But I, I do believe that he was said to be uh, armed. Officials said what he was armed. So I, I, I just want to say, you know, in, in, in response to these uh, posts with respect to Michael Tracy, look, I don't think this is the kind of guy that surrenders peacefully. He may be immobile, elderly, and morbidly obese, but he probably had a gun and said, you ain't coming in. You can't, you're not taking me. And they said, yes, we are. And they enforced that action against him. Now, this Twitter thread has gained some traction from Jay Whitebread. I believe he uh, is going to be appearing with Glenn Beck to break down what's going on. But he said he tweeted this yesterday morning. The FBI just shot and killed an elderly brother in our ward. Financial clerk for years. Sweet guy. Full SWAT team. My wife is good friends with his neighbor. She and her five-year-old were terrorized. Wife went to check on her. His body is still laying in the street. My God, I can't believe this has happened. I'll get more details soon. This guy was a threat to no one. He was an elderly 300 pound guy who could barely walk with a cane, took care of his disabled adult son, liked to make furniture. My God, what is this country coming to? Neighbor says it was not the police, but FBI. What the ever loving F? How is an elderly man who can barely walk a threat to anyone? What the heck is going on? We absolutely need to get the word out on this. Does anyone have any journalist that will look into this? We need people to investigate. I can't imagine whatever this man did warranted a full FBI SWAT team and a battering ram at the crack of dawn. Now, that is the question. Did they send in an FBI SWAT team with a battering ram? I'm going to go ahead and believe this guy's post over, say, the New York Times. Why? He posted this, posted this yesterday morning before there was breaking news as to what really happened. The story came out sometime, I think, in the afternoon. We started seeing reports about an FBI raid. And that's all they said, FBI raid. Before they reported that, we had a local who said they showed up with a SWAT team and a battering ram. So what happened? Did they bust his door down? 
You know, when Donald Trump received threats, what did we hear? People showed up, knocked on people's door and say, did you post this? What we're hearing now with this story is that they showed up with a SWAT team and a battering ram. I bet they busted in and this guy said, nope. Maybe this guy wasn't armed. If it really was a battering ram, this guy maybe was just running and they shot and killed him. The scary thing is we don't know. And the scary thing is no one's going to want uh, to give Biden's DOJ the benefit of the doubt. And so it's a very real possibility that this fat old man hobbled out of his door as they tried raiding it to arrest him because he dared. Well, he, he committed crimes threatening the president. Don't do that. And he tried to flee. And maybe they just killed him. I don't trust the Biden DOJ. I would not be surprised to hear they busted the door down and just executed the guy. Because that's where we're currently at in this country. However, I do think there's a strong possibility, considering this guy's posting history, that uh, he grabbed a weapon and said, no way. But who do we trust? The scary thing is, how do we even know this guy actually posted these things? What if someone makes a fake profile in your name and makes these posts and the FBI comes, busts your door down and kills you? What if the FBI makes the fake posts in your name, shows them to the world and says, look what he posted? Am I supposed to sit here and just say, well, that guy posted these things? Let me let me clarify. He's accused of posting these things. We can believe he did. But I don't think the government has the right to shoot and kill someone or raid their house unless they've proven it. And therein lies the serious question. Raiding someone's house, the crack of dawn with a battering ram and a SWAT team. At what in, in what at what point do they have to prove to the public this man actually did these things? It's a dangerous world, man. They go to a judge and say, look at these posts. He made them. The judge says, OK. Do they need any kind of forensic evidence showing it was his IP address that did it? This is where we're at right now. I think on the face, a simple solution is probably this guy made these posts. So they decided to raid him. He said, no, they shoot and kill him. But there's a scary reality that the FBI can go to a judge and be like, oh, it looks real. And the judge can sign off on an armed SWAT raid. I think we're headed down dark paths and things are about to get really dangerous. One individual tweeted last night in response. He said, I knew Craig in real life for the past two or three years. I knew he loved guns. I knew he loved woodwork. He made bed frames and other furniture pieces. He was able to get around with the help of a cane. Sometimes he was he put honery. I, I think he meant ornery because I'm like, I don't know. I've not, I'm not familiar with this word honery. And uh, uh when you search for it, it's like, did you mean ornery? Ornery is, you know, agitated and, and, and angry. He says sometimes he was honery, like when he led a proje- project to complete a ramp for an elderly woman in the neighborhood. I knew he had a lot of guns. I know that isn't illegal. He made me really upset when we were building a ramp, and I let him know he apologized for his angry outburst. Craig was a human. He was imperfect. I didn't run in his circles online. I didn't know that part of him. The Craig I knew, I loved. I am deeply saddened by this violent tragedy. I, I say this. I, I say expect more. I say expect more. I don't want we, we certainly don't want that to happen. As I said, the best case scenario, we have a normal election. One of these Republicans wins and terminates, fires these individuals from these offices and says no more of this corruption. Jim Jordan said they spied on parents speaking up at school board meetings. Yeah, they called them terrorists. They raided President Trump's home. They targeted traditional Catholics, Biden's DOJ. They said that parents who were concerned about sexual predators in schools were terrorists. Antifa, on the other hand, 
firebombing buildings. Man, I don't see how this de-escalates. Anybody who's watched my segments over the past few years, think about the things we've talked about. Let's go back to 2018. I remember having these conversations about Antifa fighting Proud Boys, and I said, this leads to escalation. There's no situation where you end up with a Proud Boy being like, you know what? I was wrong about Antifa. And Antifa being like, come here, Proud Boy. And they hugged. It's not going to happen. I had people telling me I was crazy to suggest this would escalate and that civil war was a possibility. Civil war, of course, not being my opinion, but as I often say, coming from security experts and articles published by The Hill and The Atlantic, I'm reading those and I'm being like, maybe they're right. And when I was told that I was crazy, the security state would never allow that conflict. I said, you don't understand. The conflict will reach the highest levels of government. It's not going to be this neutral arbiter of federal law in the federal government saying, oh, these left and right factions, oh, they're so bad. We're going to put a stop to their fighting. It is going to be Antifa in government being like, now we control the keys to power. It is going to be the leftist fringe ideology controlling the weapons. So where are we now? We're exactly there. Biden's DOJ basically taking actions on behest of far left extremists. You got a problem with a right wing guy who's armed? Well, before it was whinging leftists who would show up at their house and, and threaten them. Now it is the is the brunt of the monopoly on power United States force coming to people's homes. We saw this story in Wisconsin I talked about. The guy who had these far left extremists show up to his house and threaten him. The cops came and arrested him because he brandished a weapon in his own home up against a closed window. A violent mob that had set fire to a house twice before shows up to his house. He brandishes his gun in his own home with the window closed, but they can see it. The police come and arrest him. That's what happens. And this is what I see escalating. Biden's DOJ is going to go after tons of people. You think, you know, in, in 2018, I think it was 18, they banned a bunch of right wing personalities knowing that these personalities helped Trump get elected in the meme wars. Posting things to help Trump get elected was bad, so they all got banned. That's not going to work this time around. Elon Musk controls X, formerly Twitter. Rumble exists, and these influencers are making comebacks. Alex Jones is now going to be working with Stephen Crowder on Mug Club and producing a show with him. I believe that's what they're doing, producing a show. They're coming back. Elon Musk running X, it's getting bigger. Their only option is going to be escalation. So what do I see happening in the next year? I do think it's strongly, uh, it's highly likely, very possible that the DOJ and DC will indict Trump's lawyers and a political consultant. A former State Department lawyer, Jeffrey Clark, may also face indictment. The next thing after that is going to be to indict personalities who supported Donald Trump under the argument that they were inciting violence. How many people cheered for January 6th? What did what did what did Raskin do at the J6 hearings? It's all being lined up for you. These individuals who are calling for like a red wedding or whatever, they're going to say you incited violence, you incited insurrection. I would not be surprised if we see Biden's DOJ. In fact, I think it's highly likely all of those people who cheered for Trump's calls for a protest will face criminal charges. Biden's going to say we won't tolerate insurrectionists in this country. 
people who advocated for insurrection. It's it's seditious conspiracy, yada, yada, yada. Oh, and people will make the argument First Amendment. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. But you don't care. You have a right to lawyers to give you advice. They clearly don't care. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they don't indict these lawyers. But even CNN said it seems like they're going to go after them. Tell me why you think this would not be the case. How many people made videos where they said, uh, I believe it was, uh, uh, I can't remember who, there's many people who are saying things like they were cheering for, for January 6th. They were cheering for protest action. We know that many of the people who went into the Capitol building on January 6th did not know there was violence. There were, there's multiple sides to this building. There was violence on one side, which was wrong. And there were peaceful protests and a rally on the other. The police opened the door, fanned people in. Those people are going to jail and prison. Some have been locked up without charge or trial. If you think that they are going to ignore the social media personalities and media personalities who championed the rallies and the protests on January 6th, they're going to ignore that but they would arrest a guy who walked onto the grass. Brandon Strzok never entered the building, criminally charged. I met with someone recently. I met someone, I should say, not met with someone. We were out for dinner and I was approached by a fan who said that they had showed up hours later, just saw people walking around, went up to the Capitol, looked around and then left for criminal charges. If they're willing to charge a person for simply being in D.C. and bumbling about confused. You think they won't charge the people who went on camera advocating for the rally on January 6th? I'm not saying anyone advocated directly for people to storm to the Capitol and get violent or anything. I'm saying they will argue that anyone who said to go to D.C. or to be at the protest, they will argue that was incitement to insurrection. That's the next that's that's the next big move. Sometime before the election next year, they're going to have to shut down anyone who supports Trump and advocates for this. And, and, and I've, I felt this way for a while. That's why you'll see a lot of former Trump supporters just absolutely on, on board with Ron DeSantis. I think there's a lot of people who are, abs, who are directly advocating for serious action on, on, on January 6th or in D.C. at some point who are terrified that Biden's DOJ is going to go after them. So they flipped and said, oh, I'm not for Trump. I'm, I'm for DeSantis. Why? I'm not saying DeSantis is a, a deep state plant or anything like that. 
I'm saying they're just speaking out against Trump because they know the Democrats despise Trump and Trump is the front runner. They're saying if the if the nominee is Trump, they won't support him. How many of these people were in D.C. on January 6th? How many of these people advocated for direct action on January 6th? All of a sudden now are like, oh, oh Trump's bad. Yeah, they're terrified. They're terrified the Biden DOJ is going to come after them. They lie, cheat and steal. Jamie Raskin tried claiming that my coverage of uh, Fox, you know, it was a Fox News article where Trump called for protest. That was incitement. That is the degree to which they are going to go after people. Simply by saying Donald Trump has called for a protest, he said it's going to be wild. I agree. It probably will be wild. You know, I didn't go down there, but I would not be surprised to see extreme action taken by the Biden DOJ. The question then becomes, when does any person recognizing what what they're seeing in this country decide to GTFO? I think Donald Trump can win. And because I think he can win, I think we stay in this country. We advocate for cleaning up the DOJ, removing these corrupt and evil individuals who would target their political opponents. We seek we seek a political victory through the ballot box, which can be achieved through ballot harvesting and strategic electoral means, something that Republicans have lacked in the past several elections. But there are many people who say you can't win. You can't win. What's the point? The deep state's in control. Oh, I'm like, then what are you doing here? If you think you are living under a repressive regime and you can't succeed, even if you try, El Salvador awaits, my friends. It's, it, they're doing wonderful things down there. You can leave. But I don't think we're at that point just yet. Maybe if in 2024 Trump loses, then the question is, can we even withstand another election? I don't know. But right now, I think it is truly possible. And the fact they're going after everyone so heavily proves they're scared they're going to lose and there will be accountability. As I often say, let's just wait and see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. A new poll shows Joe Biden being absolutely crushed by Donald Trump in a general election. And this is exactly why they are coming after Donald Trump with a slew of ridiculous indictments. It's exactly why they may try to indict Donald Trump's lawyers. They know they cannot win a free and fair election. Now, in this story, we also see the same poll shows majority of voters will no longer support the former president if convicted and sentenced in one of his numerous criminal cases. And I think that's probably fair to say for the average person who isn't paying attention. If Trump's convicted, they're going to be like, I don't know about all that. And then who do they vote for? This is exactly why Joe Biden is cheating. And I'll say it again. Joe Biden is cheating. Let me say it for you a third time. The Democrats, including Joe Biden, are cheating to win the election in 2024. Oh, you want to hear how? Okay, let's try this. They tried to get Donald Trump's private communications from Twitter. Actually, I think they did get his private communications from Twitter. The sitting president is using the DOJ to try to imprison his chief political opponent and steal private information that this uh, that Donald Trump had been uh, his, his communications. Now, you can make all the arguments in the world about how Trump should be held accountable, blah, blah, blah. But you then have to go back in time and take a look at everything y'all complained about, saying Donald Trump, when he threatened to put Hillary Clinton in jail, you said, oh, it was unprecedented. Oh, it would never be done. Guess what? Trump didn't do it. Yeah, maybe he should have. Trump said you'd be in jail. Lock her up. Lock her up. 
Even at the time I was saying like, it's a little much, man. Right. And now here we are. We are in the thick of it. They are trying to to shut Trump down, not by convincing you that it's the right move, but by removing Donald Trump from the election entirely. That is not a free and fair election. In fact, my friends, that is overt cheating. An election is such. We say, hey, I have an idea. Other guy says, I have an idea. You then try to convince people to vote for your idea. That's democracy, isn't it? What do we have now? Donald Trump says, I have an idea. Hey, maybe you think his ideas are bad. Maybe you think he's a nasty person. Don't like his ideas. So what do the Democrats do? Lock him up. It's funny because Donald Trump said lock her up, but he never actually did. He did nothing of the sort. In fact, he didn't even lock up Antifa during the riots or BLM. This is how the Democrats are cheating already in plain view. From TimCast.com, new poll shows former President Donald Trump leading President Joe Biden by a seven point margin. The latest data from premise shows that 41% would vote for Trump in the 2024 election compared to just 34% who favor Biden. 25% said they were unsure. Now that one's fantastic. In line with nearly all other intra-party polling, the premise numbers show Trump leading the GOP field of candidates with 57% support. Ron DeSantis polling in second place with just 16%. The other candidates are all in single digits. When asked to choose between Biden and DeSantis, 32% of respondents favored Biden, while 31% favored DeSantis. Yo, I got some data for all of y'all. Outside of this shenanigans, something interesting is happening. In one poll, Vivek Ramaswamy is in third place. In another poll, Joe Biden is beating Ron DeSantis. I'm sorry, man. These DeSantis supporters, they, they uh, just, just couldn't handle it. And I think it's fair to say at this point, the likelihood that the DeSantis campaign recovers is slim. Possible? Everything's possible. But man, burning through donors, losing donors, and he can't even beat Biden now? It's a shame, dude, because DeSantis was so promising with how well he's doing in Florida still to this day. And with the polling prospects last year and earlier this year, he was the favorite. And somehow he just, it, it all crashed and burned. While the majority surveyed believe that if Trump were convicted and sentenced to time in prison, that he would still run as a candidate, 62% say in that circumstance, they would either, they would be either unlikely or very unlikely to continue to support him. Just 39% said they would be very likely or likely to continue backing the former president following a, con- following a conviction. 22% of respondents said they did not plan to vote in next year's election. The premise poll oversampled Democrats, which could potentially skew the data against the Republican candidates. On one question, Democrats exclusively were asked if they believed Biden should be running for president. More than half said no. Prediction time. Ron DeSantis can't beat Biden. Uh, there's people who are diehard for Ron DeSantis, but the polls are showing he's just he doesn't have what it takes. Maybe in some areas, not in others. I think overall he can't. Donald Trump for not necessarily the best reasons, can defeat Joe Biden. This is what we're seeing. My prediction is Democrats don't want Biden. Biden gets knocked out. Newsom takes his place. I've talked about why I think that might be. Donald Trump may get knocked out by these indictments. DeSantis takes his place. Gavin Newsom wins. Now, I don't know the actual probability of something like that happening. I think it's a possibility. Could be slim, could be great. But maybe this is why Gavin Newsom wants to debate Ron DeSantis. Because the deep state plan, the the bureaucratic establishment, the Democrats, the Republican neocons, whatever, their plan is 
Biden gets knocked out for health reasons. Trump gets knocked out for legal reasons. DeSantis versus Newsom. Newsom wins. We'll see. We'll see. Right now, you may be saying there's no way Newsom can win. There's no reason for anyone to vote for him. He doesn't have a strong track record. California ain't doing too well. But this is why I've said there's got to be some kind of major catalyst. Like, how about a video? Joe Biden goes to California to do a rally. Newsom is there. Newsom introduces Biden, smiles, walks away. Joe Biden speaking, suffers a medical episode of some sort. Gavin Newsom runs out, performs CPR, saving the life of that president. And boom, you have a new front runner. Joe Biden then says in the like, 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 think about this. How does Joe Biden bow out without being like, I'm weak and frail? He can't do it. He's got to say like, no, 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 I am here. I am for a second term. We will not be defeated. If they just said, let's let's bring in Gavin Newsom. What could Joe Biden say? No, 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 it's, it's undignified. Now, hold on. Joe Biden medical episode, Gavin Newsom to the rescue. Now, Joe Biden says, while I don't want to step away from this race, I think I owe it to my good friend, Gavin Newsom, for saving my life and proving that he can take care of this country. You see, now it's dignified. Now it's Joe Biden saying, I must recognize my own mortality and hand the torch off to a man of uh, uh, insurmountable strength who saved my life. I feel like that's the only way they could pull it off, to be completely honest. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine Engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com/carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24/7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com/carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com/carlson and save 20% today. Current list of criminal charges against Trump. This is a, a very, very well done article by uh, uh, Adrian, Adrian Norman for TimCast.com. Bring out season. Even if convicted on one or more charges, Trump is unlikely to spend any time in prison, given the national security implications of protecting a former president. Now, that is an analysis uh, I'm not entirely sure I agree with, but uh, I, it's a coin toss. Trump could go to minimum security prison. They're like day spas. They could create some kind of presidential prison. They could just put him at Camp David and put him under house arrest. So I suppose if you're arguing prison, quite literally in the sense of an established facility, yeah, perhaps he won't spend any time there. It would be too hard, as, as Adrian points out, for national security reasons. When answering if Trump could see the inside of a prison cell, Chuck Rosenberg, a former top federal prosecutor and counsel to then FBI director James Comey, said theoretically yes and practically no. Any federal district judge ought to understand it raises enormous and unprecedented logistical issues. Probation, fines, community service, and home confinement are all alternatives. I think home confinement. I think we may see this very soon. Already, Jack Smith has made the argument, and the court agreed that Trump will flee prosecution. I said this. 
Here's what I see as a possibility. They say, Donald Trump, you are hereby remanded to house arrest. We want to make sure you don't leave. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring you to Mar-a-Lago or Bedminster. I think it's probably going to be Bedminster and you can't leave. What does this do? Trump can't rally. Trump can't campaign. What will he do? I don't know. Online videos. But that physical interaction matters. They need to stop Donald Trump. And I think that's the direction that they're going. We got another poll. Take a look at this one. Trump gains ground in Iowa while DeSantis drops by nine points. Poll shows Florida governor needs huge recovery in crucial caucus state while Tim Scott surges to third. I'd like to point this out. I never like using single polls. Now, Trump has been beating Biden in many polls. So I think that's a fair assessment. But when it comes to the GOP primary, yo, name your second choice and there's a poll for you. Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, whoever it may be. Take a look at this. Right here says Trump maintains dominance as Scott surges by 10 points and DeSantis crashes in Iowa. In August, you can see Trump at 43, DeSantis at 17, Tim Scott at 11 and Vivek Ramaswamy at five. So Tim Scott's doing really, really well. The question I suppose is, who will Trump choose as his vice president? I think Tim Scott is a strong candidate. Tim Scott's pretty, pretty, pretty good. He's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a great uh, candidate, in my opinion. Vivek Ramaswamy, I got to tell you, I think he's like my first choice. That energy of Trump, not so much the humor, but the energy and, and, and more tact and youth. Vivek's only a few months older than me. He's 38 years old. He actually just turned 38 the other day. I don't see Vivek winning. But in the question of being VP, that's an interesting proposal. I'm not so sure if Vivek would take it. He might take an, a cabinet position or something to that effect. But I don't see VP because VP is kind of a do nothing job. And with all due respect to Tim Scott, it's a good it's a good jump up for someone like Tim Scott. I don't think Vivek's going to see that as an opportunity. I mean, the dude's worth half a billion dollars, ran a, a multi a billion dollar biotech pharmaceutical firm. I don't know if Vivek wants to be that VP. But we'll see, man, because I want to see Vivek in some kind of leadership position. The dude is absolutely killing it. There's a viral clip where it's uh, what is it? That PBS woman, she asks him about climate change. Like, what do you say to these people when you've got 101 degree water, water in Florida and you've got these heat waves? And he makes this masterful statement of if the shoe fit the other foot and you were pulling anecdotal data out of Arkansas, you'd be laughed at. You'd be made fun of. And he's right. They pulled this story up where like the water was really hot, therefore climate change. No, no, that's anecdotal data. That's that. Or I'm sorry, that's anec- that's a, a, that's I wouldn't even argue that it's data. It's a thing that happened. It's funny when there was like a tornado warning in D.C. and AOC is like, this proves climate change. And it's like climate is not weather. Weather is not climate. They don't get it. But Vivek nailing it. Take a look at this poll from Interactive Polls. 2024 National Republican Primary Trump, 53 percent. Vivek Ramaswamy according to Signal, is now in third place, crushing DeSantis. DeSantis has dropped by 11. Mike Pence somehow is up two points. Scott is up one. Haley's down two. Christy Suarez. This is really interesting. It's not the only poll that we have. I don't think uh, this one, not not this one. Uh, We have this poll from a premise actually showing that uh, DeSantis is in second place, but we have this one. Okay, so this is uh, this is actually the same poll. Okay, so we have the poll from Signal showing Ramaswamy jump to third place. And this is what I'm trying to warn you all about. You've got polls for every candidate showing DeSantis dropping, collapsing Ramaswamy in second or third. But I do think second place is the battle between Ramaswamy and DeSantis. When you look at the prediction markets, 
Ramaswamy and DeSantis are going back and forth. It's really interesting. Now, DeSantis has what, what probably like a three to one advantage over Ramaswamy in terms of position in second place. But Vivek keeps popping up and, and falling down while DeSantis is holding decently strong in second, despite the fact that he's dropping quite substantially. This premise data is what I think is uh, the most important. Take a look at this. Trump, 42 percent. Biden, 38. They know he can't win. But if you're going to base the 2024 election off of Biden versus Trump, you'd be making a mistake. And then say Biden, 36 percent versus DeSantis, 34. Somehow when the race, actually, this makes a lot of sense. When DeSantis is running, he does not. If, if, if the general election is DeSantis versus Biden, DeSantis does not get widespread support. He gets about a third of the vote. And Biden's support actually goes down. This is very, very important data. And I'll tell you why. Because we hear this all the time from people saying Trump can't win. Trump can't beat Biden. Too many people hate Trump, so they're going to vote against him. Your margin's right there. 2%. 2% of the voting block would vote for Joe Biden if Trump is running because they hate Trump. But if it's DeSantis, people don't even care. People 2% less will vote for Biden and almost nobody votes for DeSantis. So Joe Biden wins. This I find to be one of the most important bits of data showing that the amount of hatred for Donald Trump on its face is not enough to secure the win for Joe Biden. So we'll see. None of this matters. There's only one thing that matters. Will Donald Trump be convicted? To what extent will Democrats cheat? And will the Republicans ballot harvest? We have the story that came out from the examiner. It's horrifying. This guy who used to work for Trump and then turned on him claims that he was contemplating taking his own life if Donald Trump won in 2020. Yeah, something's deeply wrong with these people. Yo, calm down, man. Please get some help. I mean, that literally call someone. You need therapy, dude. We want you to be okay. But someone made a good point. If these people are planning to end their own lives, that's how much they are terrified of Donald Trump. To what lengths do you think they would go to stop him first? That's the terrifying reality. Yo, this culture in this country is deeply ill. Deeply ill may be an understatement. There are people willing to stop at nothing because of this media image they've seen on TV. They're so insane and stupid. It's freakish. But the people in CNN lie for ratings. It then riles up people into believing the most psychotic and deranged things imaginable. But they believe they believe the swirling pool of refuse that is CNN and MSNBC. They're then terrified that if Donald Trump wins, it's Nazi Germany all over again. When in reality, Trump barely did anything the first time. He did a little bit, but man, these people have really lost the plot. Terrifying. Because what happens when this psychotic mentality? What happens when it gains more power and re-solidifies? We got new updates on the current criminal charges. Trump and one co-defendant plead not guilty to the latest charges in classified documents case. Another arraignment is postponed. This just happened uh, today. Donald Trump's body man, Walt Nauta, pleaded not guilty to new criminal charges brought by special counsel Jack Smith in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case. While the arraignment for his co-defendant Carlos D. Oliveira 
has been postponed because he still doesn't have a Florida lawyer. D'Alevera, the property manager at Trump's Florida resort, and Nauta appeared in federal court in Fort Pierce, Florida. They have been charged with multiple offenses related to Trump's allegedly unlawful retention of documents after leaving office, including classified material. This is what I was talking about in the uh, earlier segment, the point at which you flee a country. They are criminally charging a property manager. For what? That's it? Trump and Nato were first indicted in the case. In June, D'Oliveira was added as a co-defendant in a superseding indictment last month, along with new charges against Trump and Nauta. The former president previously waived his appearance in court and his lawyers officially entered a not guilty plea. D'Oliveira is now scheduled for arraignment Tuesday, August 15th. His lawyer said in court that he hopes to have appropriate paperwork filed tomorrow. The charges Nauta and D'Oliveira face include making false statements, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and corruptly altering, destroying, mutilating, or concealing documents. According to the superseding indictment in the summer of 2022, Nauta, at Trump's direction, helped to conceal documents from a grand jury subpoena by moving boxes, some of which contained classified information, out of a storage room, which was later searched by a Trump attorney to comply with the subpoena. D'Oliveira helped Nauta move some, but not all of the boxes back to the storage room prior to the search. The rest, however, were kept at Trump's residence. So let me get this straight. <clears throat> Trump goes to these guys and says, uh, can you move some boxes? Got them in the room. Got to bring them to a different room. And then they're like, sure thing, boss. And now this guy is like, lock him up, put him in prison. Several years. The Biden DOJ will stop at nothing to destroy anyone in Trump's periphery. The point at which you flee a country. I think if they go after. Here's the thing to consider. If you think there's no winning, if you think Trump can't win, the deep state deep state controls at all. And Trump can't win. You better get out now. See, I don't think that's the case. I think Trump can win. I think we need a massive ballot harvesting, ballot chasing operation. We need ground activists knocking on doors. We need everybody like, what can I do? Go knock on a door. Pamphlet. Talk to people. Calmly, politely. Don't get in any fights or anything like that. Just be polite. Somebody says you're crazy. They hate Trump. Be like, I'm sorry for bothering you. Have a nice day. We can win. But if they start going after. Well, they're going after political consultants already. If they go after high profile political personalities outside of Trump, that's when the Rubicon has been crossed. That's probably stupid. I I mean, I suppose the Rubicon was crossed with the indictment of Donald Trump in the first place. We can't let complacency uh, desensitize us. Yo, Joe Biden is indicting his political rival. This is Vladimir Putin level level stuff. This is dictatorial, psychotic, totalitarian level stuff. They're going to start going after civilians. They already are a property manager. Trump says, move a box. Are you, are you mean to tell me that Trump met with these guys and said, we better go hide all these documents. And these guys knew these guys knew what he was talking about. Why would Trump even bother doing that? What's the purpose of Trump conspiring with these guys to move boxes when he could have literally just gone to them and said, I need someone to move some boxes from uh, this room to a different room. They'd be like, sure, you can go to your cleaners. Hire someone and be like, hey, there's boxes in there. Can you move them to the kitchen real quick? And now they're co-conspirators. The DOJ is out of control. Biden is out of control. And I can only imagine this stuff escalates. But maybe the end result here is Trump is indicted and removed. He can't run for office. They 14th Amendment him or whatever under insurrection clauses. You end up with Ron DeSantis running against Gavin Newsom and then DeSantis loses. That seems like a very, very real possibility. And what would a country run by Gavin Newsom look like? The same. The same thing. A lot of people believe what's actually happening is that uh, Barack Obama 
is still in control. Probably. It's his VP who's president. Obama once said that he would love to just have a puppet in control and he would sit back and tell him what to do. I think people said Obama is the only president to move to Washington after leaving office. And maybe that's what is happening. Hey, man, I don't know for sure. Conspiracy this, conspiracy that. We'll see how it plays out. But there's your latest update in the presidential race. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Joe Rogan says that much of the culture war is silly. Joe Rogan's a good friend. He's a good dude. He's helped me out on many occasions. But for this, I disagree. Good, sir. And the reason is culture is everything. Laws are only enforced by what a culture is willing to accept. As I mention often, we have many laws on the books that we don't enforce. In Florida, women aren't allowed to go skydiving on Sunday. I'm pretty sure there are many women skydiving on Sunday in Florida. But for some reason, they have that law. As our culture continues to erode, you end up with psychotic law enforcement scenarios. In the UK, we have this story. Human events has the lead. Autistic UK teen girl brutally arrested in her own home after saying, I think she's a lesbian about a police officer. Here you can see the officer who was so offended at the idea that someone might think she was a lesbian that this young teenage girl was arrested. Now, what the uh, police here in the UK said, this is um, the West Yorkshire police, is that it was a homophobia incident. Now, hold on there a minute. I'm going to play some of this video for you and break down the story. The gist of the story is that in the UK, there were two girls. They were uh, inebriated, or I believe one of the girls was inebriated. The older sister says, I can't get a hold of my mom. This young girl is, is, is autistic. I'm not sure if she was inebriated, actually. Autistic 16-year-old needs an escort home. The police come and they give the daughters an escort home. Apparently, as the kids are walking into the house, the 16-year-old re refers to this woman as, I think she's a lesbian. The cop is enraged, storms into the house with the other officers and says, you're now under arrest for a homophobia public disorder or uh, offense or something like that. Now, here's the problem. If you were to say to if, 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 if the police believe that lesbians are cool, you're gay, you're trans or whatever, you're cool. Why would calling someone a lesbian be considered homophobia? Honest question. In fact, I believe the homophobic individual is the officer herself, because if someone said you look like a lesbian and you had no problem with lesbians, you'd be like, OK, it's a compliment, I guess. I don't know. What are you supposed to get by that? But what if you hate lesbians? Now you're angry. Now, how dare you? So maybe the real offense was the police officer. But more to the point, the reason why I mentioned the culture war being so important is look what happens in the UK when their culture runs afoul. When people don't push back against, say, Bud Light. Now, Bud Light, what does that do? Now, look, Bud Light hires Dylan Mulvaney, greatly offends people, and we say no. That cultural line has been drawn. You had adults in Texas bringing children to a sex performance, and the police said we will do nothing about it. But now we say no. The culture should be understood. We do not tolerate things like this. Here's the story. A 16-year-old autistic girl was arrested by the West Yorkshire police after a female officer accused the teen of homophobia. The crime the teen allegedly committed was saying, I think she's a lesbian about the female officer. Now, they say that there's body camera footage, full body camera footage. And what we have is cell phone footage for now. 
I'm interested to see the context of which uh, this 16 year old girl wrote to this officer. The question is, according to the mother, the teenage girl said something like, uh, where, where is it at? I think she's a lesbian like Nana or something to that effect. Let, let, let me read. The eldest sibling contacted the police after her younger sister began to act in unsafe ways, unable to reach her mother. She explained that her younger sister was autistic and needed a safe escort home. So, OK, I, I don't think they were inebriated. I don't know where I saw that, but we'll, we'll read more. They said they would come assist in getting her home as she was vulnerable. That's what it was. Not inebriated. She was vulnerable uh, being autistic. When they arrived where, uh, where my two daughters were, Amanda refused to travel alone with them and wanted her sister to come with her. So she agreed. Snow claims she was woken up at 1 a.m. to the sound of knocking at the door. It was the police. They said they were just bringing her home safely. But one of the officers had hold of Amanda and was squeezing her arm very tightly. She asked me to get the officer off her arm as it was hurting. So I guided my daughters inside. As Amanda was being brought into the house, she made a remark about the female officer that kicked off the scuffle. She said, I think she's a lesbian like Nana Julie. Snow noted the officer had short blonde hair. I just felt a jolt on my back. The officer had launched herself in my home at me and Amanda and was, she was grabbing at her. Snow claims that Amanda rushed to a cupboard under the stairs and began crying, not knowing what was happening. She started self-harming out of stress. She was crying, saying sorry to the policewoman. That's when I grabbed my phone and started recording. Video footage shows multiple officers surrounding the cupboard as Amanda backed herself in for safety. The female officer said she's getting arrested. Another unit's coming. Don't worry. I'm telling you another unit is coming. She is going to get arrested tonight. Snow pleaded with the officers trying to explain that her daughter had autism. They don't care. The video exploded online with the West Yorkshire police ultimately publishing a statement on the incident saying that Amanda had been arrested on suspicion of a homophobic public order offense. The nature of the comments made was fully captured on body worn video. One X user said, UK, this may be one of the most uncomfortable videos I've had to watch. This is what hate speech legislation that prioritizes certain groups over others looks like in action. Poor child. I'm going to say it again. Why it's so important we push back on things like Bud Light. Because we want to make clear we will not tolerate hate speech legislation and this kind of culture. Now, they're not it's not one for one, they're not identical. That's not, you know, but there is an overlap here. The Dylan Mulvaney scenario with Bud Light shows that we are not going to tolerate this kind of alcoholic marketing to children, uh, algorithmic manipulation and gender ideology. We say no. So when the police try to arrest someone for bigotry or whatever, no, 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 they're going to understand that we don't tolerate this. We don't tolerate this kind of culture. We say no to it. This is really, really interesting. Uh, British political commentator Carl Benjamin posted the West Yorkshire police consider themselves victims of the public. Yes. In this uh, news article, it says police officers are victims in almost half of all hate crime prosecutions. For most forces, the proportion of police victims has increased over the last three years. A Freedom of in, uh, Information investigation revealed. Carl says, thank you for keeping us safe from the word lesbian, Mr. Khan, referring to Sadiq Khan. Quite literally, the police are using hate crime legislation to arrest those who would dare speak up against them. And uh, here's the picture of the woman. This deranged, psychotic individual should be in jail. Dude, I'm not here to back the blue, baby. Uh uh, not happening. Okay, I back the blue when the blue deserves to be backed. There's another video going around. I think Clown World on Twitter posted it. 
a guy in Cal- I think it was in California had his home broken into. A deranged homeless man was rifling through his stuff, and the cops come, carefully escorting this man out. I back those blue. The cops who are protecting an innocent guy from an unhinged man. Did they hurt the unhinged man? No. They're very calmly and carefully restraining him and carrying him out. That's the way it's done. These cops, you don't back the blue. And this is the thing that many of these far leftists don't quite understand. And to be fair, a lot of conservatives don't understand. Sometimes the cops are crackpot a-holes who should be locked up like this. Sometimes there are good cops who protect the innocent. They should be commended. So it's not, it's not so simple. But I tell you, what I, what I see here in the bigger context with this story, the fall of the UK, Carl Benjamin, a.k.a. Sargon of Akkad, good friend. How's it going, buddy? He can't actually comment on this because he could get arrested for posting on social media. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, what's wrong with calling someone a lesbian? Why did this cop get so angry that she needed seven other officers or six other officers to arrest a teenage girl? Remarkable, isn't it? Because they are petty, pathetic, terrified losers, insecure, whiny little babies. That's you, officer. That's you. Oh, no. Is is this a public order defense? You pathetic, whiny piece of human garbage. What are you going to do about it? In America, we have something called free speech. And I'm going to call you ugly. Yeah, you're ugly. Yeah. I, you know, I got to be honest. I can't insult this person. Uh, uh, like saying, I think she's a lesbian. I don't consider an insult because I have friends who are lesbians. I see nothing wrong with that. So I don't understand why she's offended by it. The only thing I can do is call her ugly to try and offend her. But I guess that's not even an offense. It's the weirdest thing, isn't it? It's the weirdest thing. She's so petty. So petty and, 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 and such a crybaby. These other cops, too, I think they should all be in jail. These other cops, what pathetic losers. You know, UK, you guys got to get your, your house in order, man. Something is deeply wrong. You know what? I'm going to say this. I love how the left rags on white people all the time. And then you get these conservatives being like, stop ragging on white people. And I'm just like, dude, let me just say this. There is no unified body. Like, you can't judge an entire race based on uh, one person's actions. I just find it absolutely hilarious that the complaint, like, it's white leftists complaining about white people. This stuff doesn't happen. Another, you go, go to Japan. They, you, don't, you don't get this stuff. Not get me wrong. In China, people get arrested for wrong think for sure, but not like this. It's typically in these countries like the UK where you have these policies that are racist, sexist, homophobic, and all that. Like, I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up. The cop is homophobic. The cop is arresting a girl because she's offended that the girl thought she was a lesbian because she hates lesbians. This cop hates lesbians so much she had to arrest an autistic child because she was insulted by it. Good job, UK. Great, great, great work there. Good luck, everybody in the UK. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. So admittedly, this story is actually fairly old. It's from 2017, but I just absolutely had to comment on it. I saw Tristan Tate tweet this out, and actually it popped up on some subreddits in the past couple of months where they're trying to bring back this story titled Straight Men in Bromances Kiss, Cuddle, and Stand Around Naked Together. Okay. Um, Yo, you are not a straight man 
if you are kissing and cuddling another man. I got no beef if you are kissing and cuddling another man. Literally don't care. But you, you gay. Okay, so you've got this subreddit uh, about, you know, I guess it's about being a lesbian. And they're like, this is totally good and acceptable. Like these lesbian women, it's a, it's a lesbian subreddit, really love the idea that straight men kiss and cuddle. <laughs> Yo, it doesn't happen, dude. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe there are people in like, look, far be it from me to try and claim my experience the same as everybody else's. But I, I would make a substantial wager for all the guys who watch this that y'all have never kissed or cuddled another one of your friends, unless, of course, you are gay. And that's totally fine if you are. I'm saying straight men who are like playing video games ain't about to go and kiss and cuddle with their dude friend. But here, here's the article. It's really good. It says, one of the benefits of being in a bromance was the ability to have cuddle with friends. Undergraduate students who took part in a study of male on male friendships have said, what? <laughs> According to research published in Sex Roles, a, a journal of research, there is a strong desire to cuddle and hug between bromantic friends while kissing. <laughs> Just another way of showing affection. One of the students, I'm, I'm not laughing at the idea of dudes being gay. I'm laughing at the idea of them trying to tell straight men to go kiss your homies. It's that meme, dude. The kiss your homies goodnight. Remember this one? Uh, the, the men behind the kiss your homies goodnight meme are getting married. Good for them, though. But like, <laughs> come on, man, dude, it's the kiss your homies goodnight meme. One of the students involved told the authors, you can lie in bed with your bromance, have a cuddle and just talk. While another said he understood it as having a cuddle buddy. <laughs> a third thought cuddling, hugging and sex jokes were a core part of bromantic friendship. <laughs> it's two guys kissing. A bromance has been identified as an emotionally intense bond between straight men. Dude, you're not straight. I don't. This is what I don't understand about the left. If if this is you and you are a guy kissing another guy, good for you, man. Like, hey, like live your life. But I, what I don't understand is this fear of being gay, this absolute terrified feeling of being called gay. Let me tell you. We had Lance from the Surfs, lefty guy, on Timcast IRL, and we were talking about what it means to be straight or gay. And he said, I, we asked him, if there is a guy, a manly looking dude, lumberjack in a flannel, and he is dating a large manly looking woman, like let's say it's like a woman, you know, boobs and everything, but, you know, wearing a flannel as well and very manly. Is that gay? He said, yes. He said it is homosexual if a man is with a woman. But that woman looks manly. And I'm like, that's so mean, the manly looking women. I said, okay, what if that what if there's like a big bear? Like, okay, so there's bear and there's twinks, right? What if there is a gay man, large, wearing leather, and he has a small, effeminate boyfriend who looks kind of girly? Is that straight? He said, yes. You, 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 that's, that's how they view it. Because the guy looks feminine, that's straight. I'm like, but they're both dudes. Like, come on. Like these guys, they're, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. This is nuts. Okay. Two guys kissing, laying down on a picnic. That's a gay couple. And I got, I, I'm going to say it again. Like, Hey man, do your thing. But what is this? They're like, it's a bromance. They're just kissing. And it's conclusion authors wrote, they spoke about their desire to cuddle and hug with their bromantic friends. Some agreed this was the case when asked where others offered it 
uh, offered it unsolicited as part of a definition of bromance. In all, 29 of the 30 men who took part said they had cuddled with their bromantic partner. I got, I got to be completely honest. I have never cuddled with a dude. I got, I just, I have literally zero desire between all of my friends who are guys like, we've, we've never cuddled, cuddled. In fact, we barely ever hug. We shake hands. That's about it. I don't think there's any desire between us for anything else. This latest work also backs a 2012 study that found 89% of undergraduate heterosexual men had kissed on. <laughs> this has got to be a parody article, dude. One participant said, guys nowadays in my generation, there is so much kissing between guys because it shows affection. No, there isn't. Undergraduates in 2012, like, bro, these are millennials. I don't know what you're talking about. If you are gay, just say you're gay. Why are you so afraid of just saying it? I love this. Check this out. This is from uh, Reddit, Sappho and her friend, which is, I, I, I'm not super familiar. It's a reference to, there was like some woman uh, named Sappho and she had a friend and I was like, oh, they're just friends, but they were like, they were, they were gay or something. And then I think it was in Rick and Morty. He said sapphic love uh, thing or something like that. Straight men in, it's from three months ago, in bromances, kiss, cuddle, and stand around naked together. Uh, look at this one. If the men in question say that it's not romantic and sexual, who are we to tell them otherwise? I snuggle and kiss my bunny without sexual or romantic intent. I did the same with the rats that I had before her, and likewise with the cats before them. And I will punch everyone who calls me a zoophile. I'm going to break it down for you guys so you can understand. Okay. As a man, uh, when I like uh, uh, pet Mr. Bocus, who's our cat, and, you know, hold him and pet him and make funny faces and wiggle his little feet because I have dominion over him. He is a pet. I love my cat. There is a difference between love and like a romantic relationship, which I completely agree with this individual on. However, for me as a guy, I kind of view it as I am the protector of this small animal. There are uh, my girlfriend, you know, my that is romantic. And a component of it for me as a man is something for which I have a desire to protect and care for and, and hold dear to me. As for my bros, I have no desire whatsoever to protect them in that way. Now, there is a sort of like manly team level of defense for each other that is not bromantic, romantic, or in any way involving any kind of snuggling or kind of some kind of love. For me, it's like I have guys that I'm loyal to. Loyalty is not the same as romance or compassion or, or maybe, maybe, maybe compassion is not the right word. There's, there's empathy and compassion. But I guess what I'm saying is, here's what I feel. I feel a strong sense of love in various ways for those that I want to protect. As I do not feel a need to protect strong and capable males, there's no hugging or snuggling or kissing. There's no dominion. There's nothing. There's nothing within my patriarchal needs. So a guy, he gets a fist bump or a handshake and that's it. Have a nice day, dude. Good for you. Now, if someone threatened one of my friends, I'll stick up for them. That's loyalty. If someone threatens someone I loved and care about, that's different, right? So like a, a, a father will hug and kiss his son on the forehead and, you know, much like there's, there's a thing about protecting and uh, uh, that, that I think comes with these kinds of ideas. The reason I don't buy this whole bromance thing that they're pushing here is like two adult men, I don't think, feel that need to protect each other. If they're gay, that may be different. It may be a, a strong component of what makes someone gay. And again, more power to you. Here's what they said. 
This one's just really bad. It's okay for men of all sexualities to be affectionate and trusting with one another without having it determined as gay. OP, please be responsible with this one and recognize that it's not erasure and is in fact supporting harmful stereotypes against men. One person says, I've done all of those things with my closest male friend. We're both straight. I don't see the issue, bro. You're kissing your dude friend on the lips. I don't understand why you're so homophobic. That's what I don't get. I don't, someone, someone please help me with this. If you're a dude and you are kissing your dude friend and cuddling and snuggling, you're gay. And there's nothing wrong with it. You can just say, yeah, maybe you're gay. You're kissing on the lips. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I, probably it for me. This one says, I am gay. I'm a gay woman, but I would love to kiss, cuddle, and be mostly naked with my woman friends without it implying I'm involved with them sexually. That's, you're, you're, you're quite literal. Yes, of course you would. You're attracted to women. It's amazing. If two girlfriends kiss and hold hands, no one bats an eye. But if two guy friends kiss, then society exclamation point. If I see two women walking down the street holding hands and they kiss on the lips, I'm going to assume they're gay. This is the, this is the weirdest thing. I, it's like it's, it's the kiss your homies. Good night meme. Yo, there's a reason why this meme was a joke and people were thought found it was funny. Kiss your kiss your homies. Good night. There's a meme that says me on my way to give my homies uh, good night kisses. When you realize you forgot to kiss one of your homies. Good night. It's 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 a joke. That's why. But I'm 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 loving this article. I live in a house with other guys, and there are massive bromances going on between us. We walk around naked. I got no problem standing naked in a room with my housemates. We feel comfortable. Yeah, to be fair, there's something different between like adult guys in a locker room or in a house. They walk by naked. Nobody really cares. It's another thing if you walk up to your naked homie, snuggle with him, and kiss him on the lips, and then squeeze tight. <laughs> Bro, just say you're gay. Why are why are people so afraid of this? Conducted over a three-month period, yada, yada. Men who identify as heterosexual. Yeah, I'll tell you this. If you identify as heterosexual and you're kissing your homies on the lips, you're in the closet. And I, I hope you find happiness. I really do. But I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Modern society tells women not to be mothers. Not absolutely, but in many ways. They say, get an abortion. Use protection, get on birth control, get a job, be a CEO. You don't want to be a mom. You want to be a girl boss. Now, certainly there are elements of society telling people to have kids. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying there are large components of society telling women that they, they shouldn't be mothers. Take a look at this headline. Facebook's black market sperm industry exposed. Wannabe moms too poor to afford $30,000 IVF are being lured into having unprotected sex or forced to meet men they met online to swap semen. Yeah, I'm going to let you in on something there, Daily Mail. A woman who chooses to meet with a dude because she wants to have a baby isn't being lured into doing it. That's ridiculous. But I think the important thing to point out here is that there are women who are so desperate to be mothers that they're having semen swaps on the internet. Yo. They say women desperate to have children are being lured into unprotected sex as part of a growing industry of black market sperm donation. Yeah, we normally just call this hooking up. The rise in same sex couples and aging mothers has caused the price of a round of IVF to rocket to $30,000 in recent decades, leaving many unable to afford to go the official route. An increasing number of would-be parents are turning to a Facebook group where men offer to donate their sperm for little or no charge. But these often come with demands. Many only agree to natural insemination, sex, or 
partial insemination, where the man does the deed and then goes to the woman just before, you know, they're trying to get pregnant. For women who refuse sex, the alternative can be just as humiliating and unsafe, with some meeting in parking lots, hotels, or even Starbucks bathrooms to exchange samples. Experts say unregulated sperm donation raises the risk of STIs, which could leave a woman infertile or with an unviable pregnancy. In 2011, Stacey Nicole, 32, and her wife joined what is now the largest sperm donation group in the U.S., Sperm Donation USA. At the time, it had 5,000 members. Now it has 24,000 members. Well, you know, because people want to have babies, man. They had this big old background thing. Miss Nicole and her wife were about to embark on their fertility journey using a, a sperm bank. When one of those, their close fr- friends conceived using the Facebook group, they decided to give it a shot and save money. Once the Kentucky couple found someone willing to do artificial insemination, the couple called their donor when Miss Nicole had a positive ovulation test. They made the four-hour trip from Kentucky to Ohio to meet the donor and his wife in a casino parking lot to receive their first donation. Basically, that means homeboy cranked it into a cup and handed her the sample. They made the four-hour trip. Mr. Cole said, we went to an Ohio at a casino, which I never encourage anyone to do. He put his donation in a cup and handed to us. It was very weird. His wife was very nice, but I'm not even sure how they got the donation. We know they were in the car, but I don't know if her saliva might have gotten. (laughs) Yo, women be so desperate to have babies. They are meeting in casino parking lots with strange men to get samples. I just got to say, I think society is starting to break down. I don't know, but maybe this kind of thing always happened. We, uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. Maybe we've always been this way, you know, and whatever. It was very rushed. It was not professional. Miss Nicole's partner inserted the sample into her with a syringe. Wow. I laid my seat all the way back with my legs up for the four hour drive back to Kentucky. No one would have known this was happening in the car next to them while driving. The process did not result in a pregnancy, and the couple decided to use a different donor from New York who came with glowing reviews from other members of the Facebook group. And this donor shipped his sample in the mail. Miss Nicole conceived on two separate occasions, but miscarried both times. It's sad to hear, you know, as as strange as it is the way they're going about this, you know, it's it's sad to hear the kids didn't make it. Uh, You know, she plans to use a second donor until she becomes pregnant after being impressed by his services. The donor actually got us pregnant. He'd never even asked for money. He just shipped it, and it had an ice pack in there. He even put gloves and a syringe in there for us. Yo. In 2017, her donor had fathered 87 children. Now she speculates he has over 200 offspring. Good for him, I guess. When asked if this was a concern, honestly, no, not at all. Because even though you're not going through the sperm donor bank, I just feel like it's the same concept, but an easier route. Did they like pull up pictures of this guy and they see like a chiseled dude who's smiling like, you're going to have my babies and he wants to have a bunch of babies? Methods of sperm exchange vary. Artificial insemination involves a donor providing a sample in a cup or shipping it to a recipient and is usually favored by women in the group. While natural insemination involves a donor doing the deed into the recipient. (laughs) Let's just call that one the old fashioned way. Married father Damien, 30, a donor from Logan, Utah, has contributed to 43 successful pregnancies using artificial insemination. He told Daily Mail he strives to donate ethically. And if you were to stop, recipients might have no choice but to choose an NI donor, be scammed out of money or contract an STD. Oh, good for him. 
He has four children with his wife, who is supportive of him donating because her sister has struggled with infertility. Other donor posts, donors post resumes highlighting their most desirable traits, including one titled Mr. Family Starter, who said he is highly approachable, personable, energetic, professional with a diverse background delivering exemplary service. His listed hobbies include axe throwing and bungee jumping. Another man posted, uh, posted describing himself 26 years old, artistic, driven, passionate, and ambitious, originally from Albania, 6'2", athletic body, loves hiking and sports, healthy, no known health conditions. He received more than 100 comments on his posts. Women are split for some. The Facebook group has been a lifetime, has been a li- lifeline, sorry, for having the child they always wanted, while others have been traumatized by online interactions with lewd men taking advantage of them. Ms. Nicole said that while getting to know donors online, they would ask irrelevant and creepy questions like what she was wearing. It took her and her wife six months to find a donor after very many failed conversations that wanted natural insemination. Basically, it's a group of a bunch of dudes being like, I would like to personally impregnate you, ma'am. And many of them are like, no. Some of them are apparently like, "Okay, sure. But uh, many of them say no. We were very assertive and said we really want to do artificial insemination. But they'll try to say, oh, this is better. This is going to work. But I think it's just their own gratification. Well, duh, what do you think these guys want? The sperm donation community essentially regulates itself. And the onus is on the recipient to ask and sometimes pay for STI tests, sort of uh, sort, sort out what documentation the donor will provide, as well as how much contact, if any, the donor will have with the child. The advantages of the unregulated practice are that most donors offer their samples for free. The recipients, recipients can communicate with their chosen donor throughout the process, but the risks are grave. Dr. Beckley said the men could be infected with an STI like AIDS. Well, it's actually HIV, probably the worst one. And that can make women infertile. It also depends on how long they go, uh, how long ago they took the test. Well, let me just say this. Women who really want samples, it's like you, you can go to like a bar. You can go to a, I think a bar is probably the obvious route. You go to a bar, you find a guy and you say, I would like to have a child. I guess the issue with this is that, like guys trying to hook up at a club don't want to be dads. Not all of them. Some of them might, but not in that way. With the online community, they find guys who are just like, I don't know. I don't care. Sure, you can have it. Let me tell you this, though. These guys that are providing these samples, you know, one day there's going to be a knock on your door and they're going to be like, yo, child support. And you're going to be like, no, 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 no. I have an agreement. I have an agreement. That's their kid. Nah, law don't work that way. The law specifically carves out prenuptial agreements when it comes to children. You as the father, you're liable. In fact, there are many circumstances where there were guys who are not the father who were still held liable. I think it was Andrew Tate who posted this. There was a guy who went to prison for five years because he wouldn't pay child support. And they find out later he wasn't even the kid's dad. And he was like, she's got to go to jail for this. She's like, no, I don't. And she knew who the dad was, apparently. Yeah, that's the reality. There was one story, I think, out of Wisconsin where a woman gave birth. They, uh, they said, who's the father? She listed some guy she knew. Then they went to that guy and said, you're the dad, pay up. And he's like, what? I've never even been with this woman. And they were like, too bad. Dude demands a DNA test. And the judge ruled, I don't care. This kid needs a father. So it's you. Have a nice day. Yo, that's crazy that something like that could happen. But this is the nature of, uh, of the world we're living in. You got all this feminism stuff, all this girl boss stuff, and you got women so desperate to be moms because the system is so broken that they're meeting on the internet to have samples delivered by random guys. That's crazy. Look at this. They say, have you had a child after a Facebook sperm donation? Email us. 
And there's also apparently a story about men injecting lip filler into their junk to add inches of girth. Oh, it's so disgusting, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our culture is sick. I would like to wrap this up by uh, insulting the feminists even more, or just I'm not insulting, but pissing them off by saying that lip fillers are gross. Plastic surgery is not attractive. We can typically tell when you've gotten plastic surgery and it is not attractive. Uh, fake boobs are not attractive. And uh, makeup is also particularly unappealing for the most part. There are guys who like all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I think for the most part, guys just like regular women who want to live in the real world. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastirl. We'll see y'all then.